This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network. My latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events to the role of the board of directors to crisis management to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Faiza Khan, founder and CEO of Silver Regulatory Associates, and we talk about the regulatory aspects of financial institutions and financial services company during the time of coronavirus. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and I'm thrilled to have back with me Faiza Khan. She's the founder and chief executive officer at Silver Regulatory Associates. She is in New York City, so the first thing everyone's going to want to know, uh, how are you? Thank you, Tom, for having me back. Uh, my uh, team and I are doing great. As I'm sure everyone knows, we are all work working remotely and self-isolating. We are all in good spirits. Thankfully, our firm is functioning seamlessly. We're operational. Thankfully, we have the capability and capacity to work under these circumstances. So we have been very fortunate that we are all healthy, we're all safe, and we're proceeding business as usual. So, so Fiza, I am in Houston and generally work around the energy industry. So as you might guess, it is a time of economic dislocation, but you are centered in the very heart of the world's financial district and your business deals with financial services and, of course, then regulation of financial services. And as much as the economic distress may or may not have hit the energy space, you guys are going through just, I can only believe it just be insanity in terms of how the markets have gone (laughs) literally up and down. So I wanted to start off by asking in this time of the coronavirus crisis and economic distress, uh, would you say a proactive approach to compliance is even more important now? And if so, why? 
Absolutely, Tom. We do believe having a proactive approach to compliance is always important for private fund managers, but it is critically important given the current market conditions. Specifically, as I mentioned when you asked, just the concept of working remotely, making sure that a fund manager or a financial services industry participant is fully functional in a remote location. Now is as best a time as ever to be putting forth and operating under your business continuity plan. And given the volatile markets, the economic impact, as you have noted, it is one where you need to ensure that as a team, you are able to function even under remote circumstances, as you would if you were together in an office space. And the way to accomplish that is strictly by adhering to not only your BCP protocols, but also your everyday compliance program and ensuring that that is up and running and secure even under these circumstances. Faisa, you work in one of the most regulated industries probably on earth, but I've heard you say that now is the time when investment firms have to be even more hyper-focused on regulatory and compliance matters. Why why is that so important now? I think it, it is important now because we are in a time of uncertainty and oftentimes when you are faced with these types of crises, People tend to forget even the most basic of things that need to be in place with respect to a business. And one of those basic elements in the financial services industry is a compliance program. I think the hypersensitivity is centered around primarily business continuity plans. Oftentimes, we think of these as the ideal or something that most likely will not get triggered. But as we've seen today in this environment, as our community experienced when Hurricane Sandy hit, and even back in the 2008 financial crisis, all were indicators of why a compliance program was essential in ensuring that the regulated entity in question was able to continue moving forward even in an environment that was less than ideal. So compliance programs really are centered around a way to ensure that a business can continue to function, it will be operational, and it is in line with what the regulator's expectations would be under either normal circumstances or exigent circumstances like we're experiencing today. Uh, You mentioned that your firm is uh, working from home, and indeed, I would suggest or would appreciate that probably most of New York is now. Uh, I'd like to ask you some questions around issues that we may not have thought about from working from home, starting with why why is it important for critical service providers or indeed others to be informed that your employees are working from home or working remotely? Certain of uh, financial services, critical service providers uh, operate typically in a way that involves some form of uh, interaction. It could be one where they come on site. So if they 
if a manager has an IT uh, service provider that is outsourced or even uh, located in a different building or in a, in a different location, uh, but they come on site to the, the institution's offices, then they need to understand how they can provide that service that is critical to this firm's business under these remote circumstances. So with fund managers in particular, administrators should be informed, brokerage houses should be informed that they may not be utilizing the same systems, albeit it should be one where they can relatively uh easily be able to transition from using in-house systems to remote location systems. But nonetheless, if there is a hiccup, if there's an issue, these critical service providers need to be aware that what what it is that they are dealing with and the fact that a BCP may have been enacted. Further, it's one where you need to ensure that the reverse is also true. So we all live in the same environment. We're all experiencing in some form or another the need and the mandatory nature of being in a remote location at this time. So it's also uh, in it's also one where you need to make sure as an investment manager that you are informing not only your critical service providers, but that your critical service providers are informing you that they are working remotely, that they have enacted their BCP and disaster recovery plans, and how they intend to service you in your need during this time. So it works both ways. So one of the thing that things that is, uh, I won't say unique to your industry, but of paramount importance that even people like myself know about it are backups. And uh, yes, why are backups even more important now with people working remotely? I think it goes without saying that go, pre, to our previous point, uh, having these systems in place is critical to the functionality of your firm. And the backups and the ability to ensure you have access to books and records is even more paramount under these circumstances. So the regulators, the SEC, for example, would expect that if you maintain certain of your books and records on site, that you have a plan in place to ensure that those books and records are being appropriately backed up and easily accessed so that your firm can continue to move forward in a compliant fashion as it relates back to the regulatory requirements. Further to that, it's just from an operational standpoint, if as most firms right now operate through either cloud-based storage or some form of um, electronic storage means, the ability to access these files is essential in ensuring that a firm can seamlessly operate during these times of working remotely. And it's one thing I would like to underline here is that it's not as if 
the group has moved to another location and working together remotely in another location, each individual within an organization is working remotely, which places an additional stress on these requirements to ensure that you're able to access books and records. So ensuring that the backups are working, ensuring that the information technology infrastructure is in place and fully functional, again, is is one that needs to be continually tested and ensured that the manager can operate accordingly. Let me pick up on one of the points you raised, Faiza, because uh, many people have relayed to me that compliance uh, does not uh, stop during the coronavirus crisis. You picked up on the point that the regulators aren't stopping either, and you specifically mentioned the SEC and the act you must take around backups. But how about deadlines and other filings that your clients would either make on a routine basis or make on an extraordinary basis? What do you see about or what do you suggest to clients about the importance to understand the regulatory requirements for filings during this time? Yes, as as most of your listeners know, the first quarter is quite the busy time, especially when it comes to regulatory filings. Uh, fund managers are no exception. Registered investment advisors need to file their Form ADV with the SEC if they have a fiscal year end of December 31st, no later than March 30th. The SEC, in light of the coronavirus pandemic, has allowed those filers, those registrants that would normally need to file by March 30th, an extended deadline. We at Silver are recommending that our clients, if possible, file on a timely basis. And in fact, uh, all the clients that we have uh, responsibility for filing their Form ADV, we have ensured that they are going to be filed no later than the 30th. In fact, the majority of them will have already been filed or uh, filed by tomorrow, March 27th. The reason being that we think it's important is twofold. One is the deadline, the extension of the deadline that the SEC has allowed for is predicated on the filer representing that they, in fact, have been detrimentally affected by the coronavirus situation, which does not allow them to file on time. And most of our clients have had such a strong infrastructure to be able to operate remotely that they haven't needed to um, institute this type of reasoning or nor sorry, nor have they been affected in such a way that they were unable to file in a timely manner. Further to that, recently the SEC retracted this part of the rule or the the parameters around the deadline extension, but they were proposing that you as the filer, if you intended to rely on the extension, would have to post on your website as to why 
you are not meeting the deadline and and the significance around why coronavirus has affected your operations in this manner. And I think it is detrimental to the to the filer and then ultimately to their underlying investors if they were to purport that the coronavirus has impacted their operations in such a way that they were unable to meet a regulatory filing deadline. So that's why we at Silver ensure our clients that if you are fully functional, if you have access to data, if you are able to file as you normally would, do not take this as a means to uh, extend simply because you're afforded the extension. This is a time when you have to represent not only to the regulators, but to your investors that you are still strong, you're still able to operate as you normally would had this had this situation not existed. Faisa, unfortunately, we are near uh, the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics you've discussed today. Uh, where can they go for insight? Tom, thank you so much. Uh, they are most welcome to reach out to me, Fiza Khan, and my email address is fkhan at silverreg.com. Or they can reach us at our website and find out more information that way at www.silverregulatoryassociates.com. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I suspect I'll be checking in with you again later during this crisis. I certainly hope you will. I hope that you and your listeners are well and please be safe. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.